I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats presented by Perry Ellis Fragrances. It is officially World Series time. Alex and I have made it to Houston. We are live on the field for a full World Series preview. Everything you need to know. And at the end, our World Series prediction. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. down here on the field at Minute Maid Park in less than 24 hours. Game one of the World Series gets underway. And Alex, we've made it. I just got to say, I keep looking around at all the World Series signage. And it's I think it's just starting to, to kick in for me that we're here. And this is my first first time covering a World Series. I know you've, you've had your fair share <laughs> with your brother as well. But this is just... This is pretty magical. This this is what it's all about. This is what you play the game for. This is what you fight the entire season for to get to this moment. And we're here. I think it's cool to see the attention to detail that goes every into everything at the World Series. We've been here for a large part of the day now just doing different things. I was shooting some tick TikToks to send out. And they are updating and everything down to a t they're just practicing the t-shirt toss they were practicing the flag reveal in a while the anthem was practiced the the player introductions out of the dugout with the cameraman following nobody was practiced and that like it just gives the feel of this is this is big this is big this is big and you know another reason this is so big is the two teams that are here you have the one seed the astros that I think everyone expected them to get here to the World Series. But then you have the Phillies, the sixth seed. And these two teams have the biggest win differential in the regular season than any team to me in the World Series since the divisional era. And the Phillies just got here because of this new playoff bracket and this new playoff style this year. You're right. They are here. They're the first ever sixth seed, right? The first ever sixth seed meaning they're the first ever six seed to also get to the World Series. But I think it's important to note that this isn't a a David versus Goliath type matchup. This is Goliath versus Goliath. The Phillies just took a little while to get going. The beginning of the year wasn't good. But look at their team. When I say this is a Goliath, you have an MVP. You have silver sluggers everywhere. You have two aces on the mound. You have uh, so many different things going for you that this team didn't just luck out and get here because they got hot at the right time. This is one of the best teams on paper in the game of baseball and a team that nobody should want to face. So, yes, it's one versus six, and I think it justifies the new format. Yep. You know, the, the Phillies aren't even here if it wasn't for the new format, but I think we can all agree that they deserve to be here. This team is great. They're built to win. They're built to win in October, and they have all the superstars that you could possibly imagine. Their payroll is higher than the Astros. So 
they're the real deal, and I'm I'm really excited for this matchup. But it is cool to see how the bracket worked out, uh, and and that this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for this year's format. It's so cool. Now we got about we got nine topics we're gonna get to right. today. We're we're just gonna drive through them, but let's get started with the Phillies' number one guy, the reigning MVP Bryce Harper, who has just been red hot. He turned into MVP Bryce Harper the moment the postseason started, and I know we've talked about him a lot. Can you still say? He's underrated. I, I think the answer to that is yes. And I know that's like a bold statement. And I yeah. do think it got closer to being adequately rated after yep. his home run the other day in the eighth inning. That's the reason the Phillies are here right now. But for so long, Bryce Harper had continued to just fly under the radar. Look, he was, I've mentioned it before, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 17 years old, had all the hype in the world, left high school early to go play in a junior college and then got drafted at the top of the draft. And all, all of that comes along with like, oh, this guy thinks he's the real deal. You know, so naturally when something like that is happening, people want to root against you almost. Or, or it's almost impossible to prove that you were as good as you were supposed to be. Living up to the hype. Exactly. Yeah. And there was so much hype that I don't think people quite understand that this guy is a superstar in the game. I think we're starting to with that home run the other night. He etched himself into Philly lore forever. He will eternally oh, yeah. be a, a legend, legend for that home run in the eighth inning the other night, which is one of the most which is one of the biggest moments in Philadelphia sports history. Yeah. But now we're talking about two MVPs. The guy plays a good outfield. He has a rocket for an arm. He has great at bats. I know this year he's just DHing because by the way, he's playing with I mean, he needs Tommy John. He needs surgery yeah. on his arm. And that's why yeah. he's DHing. So uh, just an unbelievable season and continues, in my opinion, to be underrated, specifically because the hype was so high. But yeah. look He's lived up to every single bit of it, and now he's ended the Phillies' playoff drought, which if it wasn't for the Mariners' playoff drought, the Phillies had the next highest, and it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Like, you need to win in Philadelphia. Yes, and they're you do. there now, and they are here because of Bryce Harper and how good he's been since he became a Philly. And let me just share some stats on how good he's been this postseason. He's leading Major League Baseball this postseason in hits and doubles and tied for first in batting average, batting 419 and also tied in home runs with five home runs. He also has a 10-game hitting streak. Yeah. If he gets a hit tomorrow, it'll be the longest postseason hitting streak in Philly's history. Pretty impressive. That's in incredibly impressive. So how important is Bryce Harper needing to continue to stay on this pace for the Phillies to win? I think he's different than everybody else in that lineup, and okay. I think he's the most important piece. Everybody else in that lineup has the potential to have good at-bats, drive the ball out of the yard, Kyle Schwarber can start the game with a home run. Reese Hoskins can hit for power, drive balls out of the yard whenever. But Bryce Harper is that guy that, sure, he can hit home runs. We see it all the time. But he's also going to put together great bats. He's going to get deep in a count. He can hit for a high average. You just mentioned those numbers. He's a different type of hitter than everybody else in that lineup because he's one of the best hitters in the game of baseball. There, yeah. there, there's a reason he is considered that and has won two MVPs. So, uh, I, I think of everybody, and we can talk about other guys that are important to the lineup and yeah. that are going to need to have an impact, mm -hmm. but Bryce Harper is that staple piece in the middle of that lineup, and for me, 
he's the guy. I mean, 419 in the playoffs. Look at that. He's also, I, I feel like, the heart and soul of this team. He's the one that, that gets the team going in the dugout and in the clubhouse. He's the ones that get the fans going. We've talked about it before the moment. He steps to the plate. Everyone's chanting MVP. Yep. So, I'm saying he's living up to the hype. He, Everyone's yeah. remembering. Everybody is remembering this postseason how great Bryce Harper is. I, do. I think this postseason has done a lot to get it him has. to where he's needed to be. Not where he's needed. Just in the eyes of everyone yeah. else. They're like, oh, man. Oh, I forgot. Really? Is he's that really good in good. the playoffs? And yeah. Great. He's won two MVPs. Man, he really is, like, one of the best players in the game of baseball. Yep. And there's no doubt about that. Bryce Harper is unbelievably great, and he is a legend in Philly forever now. Well, let's switch to another top player in baseball, our second topic, Jose Altuve, who is having kind of the opposite postseason, a very uncharacteristic postseason for Jose Altuve. He finally snapped his offer, but what's going on? What, do, is he going to turn it around here in the World Series? It's, a, it's been interesting, and we've seen this from Jose a couple of times now in his career. And, look, I, I, I think he's starting to put better at bats together. He was over 20 Three or it got up there. Yeah. And finally we saw him get that hit down the line, a double. And then he gets two hits in the last game against the Yankees. So I think he's starting to break out of that. He's starting to put better at bats together. A lot of the at bats late in that streak were, you know, hard hit balls, good swings. So he's Jose Altuve. I believe in him. I think he is out of the slump thanks to his last couple of games, but obviously his postseason numbers aren't there. But this is the World Series. Wipe the slate clean. Nobody's done great. Nobody's done poorly. It all starts over. And I would look for Jose Altuve to come out in game one and swing at the first pitch and try and do damage. I would not be surprised if Jose Altuve hits the first pitch of the game out. So don't think about that 094 batting average. Do not. <laughs> with with no home runs and no RBI. Don't that's, because, look, he hit. That's brutal. The bigger sample size is the regular season. He hit 300 in the regular season. He's continually been one of, if not the best second baseman in the game of baseball for five, six, seven years. He's unbelievable. And he has gone through these stretches of not being great, but he comes out of them and we saw him. The reason I feel confident in it is because guess what? You talk about the numbers, 094, but those have all come in his last few at bats. His last yep. last two games is where all those hits have come. So he's starting to break out of it and the slate is wiped clean. He starts fresh. He'll be leading off. And I think he's going to do some damage. I do. All right, well, let's uh, let's switch back to the Phillies. Our third topic, Reese Hoskins. Yep. Now, stars are born in the playoffs, and he has he has emerged. He's tied with Bryce Harper for, for some of the, the top batting stats right now. What have you seen from Reese this postseason? I think that's a great question. What I have seen from Reese is his ability to lock in when it, when it matters the most. And, yeah. you know, that sounds cliche, but I spoke to him down on the field after the game, after they won the yeah. NLCS, and it went to just that. Look, I'm hitting mistakes. I'm getting pitches right down the middle, and I'm hitting those balls hard. And that's what he is doing. So for Reese Hoskins, this series is so important to continue to hit mistakes. Pitchers are going to make mistakes throughout yeah. the game. Where you really start struggling is when you're not hitting those mistakes. You might get one pitch in and at bat to actually do damage with. Mm -hmm. And if you're fouling that pitch back, you're in trouble for the rest yep. of the at-bat because all these guys out here are pretty good. So 
Reese Hoskins needs to hit those mistakes as he has been doing and has been doing well. So I know his average and those sort of numbers aren't high, but yeah. you can't tell me the Phillies are here right now if it's not for Reese Hoskins. Look at all the huge home runs he hit in the NLCS mm -hmm. when, when they were down 4 nothing, And then when it was a tie game, early in game five, he hits a home run. And then early in game four, after they had come back, he hits another one. Like It's been such timely home runs. He is such an important key piece to their lineup, and it's been really cool to see him here. I played against Reese for a long time in the minor leagues, so to see him here right now doing damage and in the World Series is really cool. And you could you could really see that and hear that in your post-game interview with him, just how grateful and how in the moment he was to be here. All of the guys, really. How cool was that to be it down on the so field cool. with them and just like – you don't often, and you know this from your experience ten years with the Angels. It's hard to get. To it's hard point. to get emotion yeah. from players, mm -hmm. baseball players especially. I feel like the post-game interviews are all the staple. Like, yeah, we fought hard. Followed uh, the game plan. Yeah, followed the yeah, game yeah. plan. Um, <laughs> but after the NLCS, yeah, that was a little different, right? Uh, I, it was the most emotional I have ever had interactions with baseball players. Yeah. I mean, you're going to the World Series. This is what you dream about. As a kid, this is why you play the game. This is what you play 162 for to get to this moment. And you can tell how excited and how hyped this Phillies team was because I don't think anyone thought they were going to get here at the end of the regular season. Yeah, not not many. A lot of those guys will say they did. Yeah. Brandon Marsh isn't even saying he did. Brandon Marsh no. is just – I'm just so happy to be I'm here. I'm happy to be a part <laughs> of this team. Like, he was a mid-season acquisition from the Angels, and they were – there was no postseason no. in sight, so no. yeah, he he lucked out there. But let's talk some pitching. Move to our fourth topic here. Which team has the pitching advantage? Let's start with the starting pitching. And how surprised are you that the Phillies aren't starting their number one guy tomorrow, Wheeler, against your brother? I think the question of who has the the advantage with starting pitching. Yeah. The answer is the Astros. Yeah. But it is a lot closer than people think, at least at the top of the rotation, which is where it matters big time in the playoffs. You need three studs, and I will take Justin and Framber Valdez and Lance McCullers, but on the other side, you have Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Ranger Suarez, and the first two of those, Wheeler and Nola, are unbelievable. Yep. And I know the last start that Aaron Nola had in the regular season came against the Houston Astros, and he went six and two-thirds, didn't give up a run, gave up two hits. He was phenomenal the last time he faced this team. So they're, they're all really good, but the advantage here goes to the Astros, their rotation this year. Framber Valdez has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year and continues to be one of the most, probably the most underrated pitcher in baseball, specifically because of Justin. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at certain teams, you point out the ace and you talk about the ace. So if Framber Valdez is anywhere else, he's putting up ace-like numbers. He broke the all-time quality start stretch in, in a season record this year. He was great. So Justin and Framber back-to-back, I'll put up against anybody. But Zach Wheeler is 1A and Nola is 1B, which is why I like your question of, why are you starting 1B? Yeah. You have, you have game one. And you've, you're rested. You have your guy. He's on normal rest because yeah. he started the Phillies last game. But exactly. because of this break, you have Zach Wheeler ready to go in game one. I don't I don't know what why they're starting Nola. And, yes, Nola is great, and he threw great against the Astros the last start. But you can't compete with what Zach Wheeler has done in the playoffs this year. Every single start has been phenomenal. I think it's a little bit of overmanaging. 
I do. Which we has been a hot topic throughout the postseason, leading into the postseason. It's something we see managers do that just makes you kind of scratch your head. Why? Why? Why not stick with the formula that got you here and got you the success to get here? Well, right. You have game one of the World Series. Why are you playing like matchups here? Yeah. Like, start your guy. You have your guy. Yeah. Your guy is Zach Wheeler. He's been the most dominant pitcher for a while for the Phillies, and this year has been really good. So I think it's a little bit of a chess match. Like, okay, we'll save him for game two. We still have Aaron Nola able to go game one, but we don't want Wheeler to go against Justin. And for me, that's over-managing. Put your team, who I mentioned earlier, they're Goliath. It's yeah. a great team. Oh, yeah. Put up your best against the Astros' best and see where the chips fall. And your best is Zach Wheeler, and I'm a little surprised, and I think it's a little too much of overmanaging that Zach Wheeler isn't starting game one. So we'll see. But I, I do think an important part to that is this series is built in, in an interesting way where if you're the Phillies, you have to win mm -hmm. one of these two games. Oh, yeah. Right? Because you don't have the rotational depth. So at least the rotational depth that the Astros do. Okay. You have to win one of these two games in order to really have a shot in this series I think. The Astros are the better team on paper. They're the more they're the team that is favored. However, they are both great teams, but the advantage comes on the pitching side as we talked about. The pitching is where the Astros have the biggest advantage. And as you get later into the rotation, the advantage gets even greater. Okay, so, so let's let, win let's dive into that. The bullpen. Okay. Yeah. You you said rotation, but I'm I'm thinking later in the game bullpen here yep. which team has the bigger advantage Astros or Phillies this is the biggest advantage in the entire series Kay. and it's the Astros bullpen over the Phillies yeah. bullpen the Astros bullpen has been the best bullpen in baseball all year long the only bullpen with an ERA under three and really they weren't even yeah. that close to a three nobody else was there so the Astros bullpen has been great the Phillies bullpen not good no so that's a, that that right there which you just brought up is the biggest difference in the entire when you look at these two teams on paper, you can mix and match and say, yeah, you know what? Like these two teams, not when you get to the bullpen, making it even more important that Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez go deep into a game. Yeah, that, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, how important? That's how they're going to win a game. Their starting guys have to go six or seven yep. if they want to get a have game. Have to. They, they have to. There's no, there's no way around it. Yes, they can have – eight and nine come in they'll be okay yeah but they have some guys yeah. back there the Astros have five guys they can yep. turn to in the bullpen and be like we feel great about this the Phillies have one or two okay and that's a big difference that is a huge difference yep. let's get to your favorite topic all right of the show your brother Justin Verlander making his start <sighs> I how are you feeling right now because we all know how <laughs> how emotional you get how nervous you get we're a day out of him starting the World Series. I feel okay right now. I We have a pregame show tomorrow yep. across the street here. I will not be well. I will be unwell, in <laughs> fact. Uh, it is – I just – I've always gotten nervous, and this year and this game will be no different, probably even more so. Mm -hmm. But, man, is he locked in right now. He is so locked in. He had the best year. He was the yeah. best pitcher in baseball, a 1.78 – ERA 1.79 ERA he was unbelievable uh, I'm hopeful and I always say this I'm hopeful he wins a Cy Young award I am very superstitious so I will not put that out into the universe yep. 
I'm hopeful he wins his third. This year was phenomenal. He is so locked in right now and ready to go. He was here for hours today doing research for the Phillies lineup. He's ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for tomorrow, and there's a lot of milestones that when he does take the mound, uh, he'll be the second pitcher in history of Major League Baseball to start a World Series game in three different decades, which Whoa. is really cool. That's really cool. Joining only Roger Clemens. Um, kind of a big name. So, yeah, and th with just two and a third innings pitched, he'll have 200 innings in the playoffs, which is a full season yes. of pitching in the playoffs, which which only four, only three pitches have ever done that, Smoltz, Glavin, and Andy Pettit. So elite company that he will be joining. Now, he has some incredible stats, but he has yet to get a win in a game pitching in the World Series. Now, I know you've been talking to him. I, the moment we landed in Houston, waiting for our bags, you were FaceTiming him at the airport. You were with him and the family today. What is his mindset? Where is he at heading into game one tomorrow? It feels like and looks like it's business as usual. Okay. Dustin has always been the same way, very even keel. Don't get too high, don't get too low, and that's right. certainly what he's done today being around him he's ready to go he came in he got his work done he watched film he did what he needed to do uh he'll be locked in so yeah you know these numbers uh, in the world series jump out and certainly um that's not what he's done over the course of his career but there's been multiple starts in the world series where he's thrown really well and starts where he hasn't and i think I do think he knows that. I think yeah. he understands that. And I think, you know, it's not a thought in his mind like, oh, I need to get a World Series win to add to my resume. No. no, he just wants to come out and pitch well tomorrow. And if he does that, there's a good chance he gets that first World Series win. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, I think this is a time where you put all those numbers aside, you go out and do your business, yeah. and you say, I'm getting my first World Series ring today. Win. I love it. Yeah. Win. But we got a special guest here. We got Papa <laughs> Papa Verlander in the house. Can we have him come in? The Flippin' Bats yeah. fan favorite. My dad, he, good news, made it out of the cornfields of Iowa <laughs> and has made it here to Minute Maid Park. Dad, welcome on in. Thanks, Ben. Um, I was just wondering why you hadn't had me back before now. But, <laughs> but uh, you know what you were doing um, in 2006? In oh, 2006. Was he, what was he doing? In 2006, I was at the, the World Series. Yes, and you were in middle school. So I'd like to just talk for a minute about how far I've come as a fan. Go ahead. Flipping bats with Richard Verlander. Take it away. In 2006, um, first World Series mm -hmm. with the family, I made a major step forward. I know. I remember that. I, I actually stayed in my seat. For the whole game. Whoa. So when you talk about nerves, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I used to like leave the building, like leave the stadium. You couldn't watch? I couldn't watch. No. I mean, I actually left. I remember games at Old Dominion where <laughs> yes. he would literally, we had this, the stadium. My dad would walk back to like the dorms where just, it, right. he'd just go. He'd was, just leave. It was, like you just, he felt if you were watching, no, he wasn't going to no, give a good performance? No, it was just, just, it was just, just, it was just pure nerves. Oof, okay. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd peek through the Got fence. It. Even at home watching on TV, I would leave the yeah. room and then actually leave the house and, <laughs> and go outside and go for a walk. <laughs> so I have come a long way. Uh. And uh, Justin Ben's mom is here. In 2006, uh, we sat down at the World Series in St. Louis Justin was starting game one as a rookie, and I started to get up, and she said, 
your son is pitching in the World Series. Sit your, you know what, yep. down. <laughs> Way to go, Mom. So, so I did that. And uh, I'd just like to say that, move the clock forward now. Here we are, 2022. To all you parents out there that wonder with a little leaguer, does it get any easier? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. We, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to get some pretty good seats, but no one will sit in my row. Oh. with me oh i can imagine nobody that. will sit beside me because i i don't know i i give off some kind of aura it's a vibe it's yeah. a vibe yeah. It's, yeah, every, every, it. it's like everybody's scared of me yeah so anyway but yeah you were in middle school you were in middle school was he sitting next to you did he sit down the whole time as well or i, I remember wreck? that well because it was the first time i've ever sat next to my dad when justin was pitching because Ooh. he always leaves and i remember vividly because he got up to get ready to walk away, and yeah. mom goes, sit down. Your yes. son is right. pitching in the right. World Series. And he went, okay. okay. <laughs> but, but no, I, what a journey it's been. Yeah. Uh, you know, to see this guy now doing what he's doing, and Justin's still at it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just an incredible journey to be able to, to see your kids living their dream, no matter what it is they're doing. And couldn't be prouder of both of them. That's what I was going to say. It's pretty crazy to have both of your sons here at the World Series, working in different capacities. I, I don't know if there's a better feeling as a parent. It's it's kind of like the perfect storm for us, yeah. just in sense of having the whole family together. Because with, you know, with, with grandkids and, and Ben in one part of the country, Justin in another all the time, yeah. it's very unusual that we all come together. It's kind of like the stars have to align for us. Yep. And what a place for it to happen. Um, you know, we just uh, couldn't be happier. I got chills for you guys. This is so cool. Like, it, what a cool moment for the Verlander family. Like, this is magical. It is going to be special, for sure. Uh, have your nerves kicked in for tomorrow yet? When do they kick in? When do the nerves get going? Uh, they're kind of fluttering a little bit. Okay. Uh, they're fluttering it, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you make me nervous. Oh, just standing just here? Just being next to him. Just standing nervous. here. Yeah. yeah. But, I like uh, how I bring Dad back on the show and there was no question asked uh, he just grabbed the mic and went and just kept going and just took over the show and that's what that's what i love about you just yeah that. well <laughs> you know i've i've always been one to try to take all the credit so i i really feel like that you know your success is in a large part of reflection of, of myself but i don't want to get too we were walking way. down here on the field, and somebody asked if I could hit a ball out yeah. and, or, and how you would do. And your response to them was, well, where do you think he got it? Oh, yes. Acorn right, right. doesn't fall yes. far from the tree. And if you've ever seen my dad take swings in the cage, I mean. I'm going to tell you why Ben is such a good hitter. Yep. Because I is such a horrible pitcher. Okay. You have to agree with this. Yeah. When, when the boys are growing up, and, and I would pitch – I would never throw it anywhere near the strike zone. It's good strategy. So they actually got pretty good. I mean, it could probably hit a ball behind him with yeah. his hands behind his back just because I was such a horrible <laughs> pitcher. Um, but see, there, I, I'm, like I said, I was, you know, I had a lot to do with this. Oh, I know. And we were, when we were back by the, the TV trucks, he goes, you want me to show you how to swing a bat? <laughs> that was, yeah, yep, yep. it was beautiful. Now, now I understand where this is all coming yeah, from. Yeah, it makes me batty. No, it's uh, beautiful. And you're welcome back. Anytime. I, I and, and to the cornfield. He went for a dad joke there just so right. that oh, makes me it. batty. But we have oh, to, I missed it. But we have to nice. go back to the cornfield because that was one of those experiences right up here near and dear to the heart, the whole father-son thing. That was beautiful. Such a wonderful experience that was. And thanks to you guys for, for inviting me on. Oh. Of course. Thank you, oh. as always. Dad. Thanks. Wouldn't be here without you. 
you know. Bye. Yeah. Oh, Bye. See ya. <laughs> Later, skater. <laughs> he, what? He makes flipping bats. I, I think. I think when he comes. What a legendary father you have. I got back to Los Angeles after being in the cornfields of Iowa, and not one time was it, Ben. Great work. It was. <laughs> I love your dad. He did really well. It's like I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Thanks. Uh, did you tell him? I did because he him. didn't invite him back on I did since then, and well, he let us know that. Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. We got we got something to work on. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move to another legendary person, Astros manager Dusty Baker. Now he's the most winningest manager without a World Series ring. He's gotten close, but nothing to show for it. How much pressure do you think he's feeling heading into this World Series? I do think there is some pressure. There has to. I be. mean, it's gotten to the point where. Like you just said, he's won more games than any other manager in history to not win a World Series. It's the last thing. It is. Dusty's a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. He is. And he's also, there's an art, like, when it comes to managers that also played the game, he's in the top to have ever done it. And that he was a good player, and he's been an all-time great manager. And he is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Now, he does have a World Series ring from his playing days a long time ago, but he needs one on the managing side of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, of people that are just looking onto this series that really have no skin in the fight, there are people that are saying, I just, I would like Dusty to win. It's been, he deserves it. How does he do that? Because again, the manager can only do so much, right? Yeah. It's up to the players at this point. It is, but managers take on more of a role in the post. Explain. Well, that's when pitching changes and lineups okay. all become so, like, you're, you're really looking into it. In the regular season, it's sort of guys have their roles, yeah. right? You have a setup guy pitch the eighth. You have a closer pitch the ninth. You have your starter. And then if you need to bridge, the, bridge that gap, great. In the postseason, we see starters go three, four innings sometimes. Okay. Then it's what are you going to do? Who are you going to turn to? And it's that manager's call. And how many times in the past, I mean, I think the most – well-known, at least in recent past decision, is Kevin Cash with Blake Snell a few years ago in the World mm -hmm. Series pulling Blake Snell. And that conversation goes to, why did Kevin Cash pull him? Yeah. And we could be having a different conversation right now. The, the Rays could have gone on to win that game, and then who knows what happens the rest of that series, and that's on the manager. So, yeah, there's a little bit of, like, that's just one of those stats that it, it just sticks out to you, but there's really no rhyme or reason to it. But there's also a part of it that I bet you you could ask Dusty and he'd say, there's some decisions I made in the past in the World Series that I do wish I had done differently. And maybe he'd have a, a ring on the, on the managing side. Now, you obviously have a, a close connection to the Astros. What kind of impact has he had on this clubhouse? I think I, the guys love him. And yeah. I think what, he's hysterical. And yeah. there are so many stories that Dusty Baker tells. By the way. I don't know if you knew this. What? Dusty Baker invented the high five. Uh, no, look uh, it up. That's a stretch. Look it up. He invented the he high invented five? invented the high five. I don't know. I'm going to call like a, a seven CPI on this. You don't. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Explain CPI. <laughs> so CPI, my family, is called the Curry Probability Index. If you say something confidently enough, it's a high CPI, so whether it's true or not, but you said it confidently enough. I'm like, okay, I could see it. But like high fives could have been before people even were able to record what high fives were. There's no, mm -mm. 
No, no. Well, it's a fact. Dusty <laughs> Baker and Glenn Burke in the 1960s or 1970s. What, what was it again? Maybe the first one, what, like, caught on TV? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm getting it. Dusty Baker okay. and Glenn Burke of the Dodgers, October 2nd, uh-huh. 1977. Dusty Baker invents the high five. Boom. How you like that? Yeah, I'm still calling it a And now a he's, still, he's still here in the locker room. The guys love him. He tells yeah. so many great stories. One I heard recently was just like he was giving the team a pump-up speech, and he goes, the regular season, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one bit. you got to turn the page, and this is where legends are born. This is where This is where you make a name for yourself. And he goes, I remember – when I was playing, one guy we, we could we, we always did well against him was Mark Lemke, but then in the playoffs, we just couldn't get him out. Mark Lemke. Be like Mark Lemke. <laughs> he just tells so It's just incredible the stories this guy has. And I mean, think about it. I, he has been around. I, I remember Justin asked him a question earlier this year about baseball, and he goes, if I could explain to you what I've seen, just know I was there when Hank Aaron broke the all-time home run record, and I was there when Barry Bonds broke the record as well. So Oof. I've seen a lot. Oh, he's seen a lot. He's a legend of the game. For he sure. is a legend. Well, let's dive deeper into Dusty Baker and bring Fox Sports writer Adisha Thosar to talk about her article on FoxSports.com. Disha, welcome into the show. What's up, Disha? Pumped to have you in person now. I've had you on the show before, but yes. now we're here in person talking some Dusty Baker, which you are currently – Writing about Dusty Baker? Yes, is that right? I'm currently writing about Dusty Baker. Just submitted it so I can say I'm finally done. Oh, it's done. done. Okay. I know everything there is to know about Dusty Baker. <laughs> did you know he invented the high five? I did actually know that. See? Yes, yes okay. I did know that. <laughs> okay. So what is, your, what is the article about that you just wrote? Mostly just that he is the MLB's winningest manager that still doesn't have a World Series. And it's kind of shocking when you put it up against Buck Showalter, who's second, who has 300-something wins. Uh, Dusty has 800-something wins. So he is Whoa. way overdue. Wow. For this ring, and and it's whenever you ask him about it, he's very calm, very cool, collected, and it's funny. Is today he was asked again, and yeah. he said, you know, I don't just want the one ring; I want a second one. So he's not going okay. anywhere, even if okay. he gets the first. He's coming back for more. So. Dusty Baker in the ring is, I think, the narrative that fans can follow, like you mentioned. If they don't exactly want to root for the Astros, they're not exactly the most beloved team in the World Series. Uh, And he's kind of a a good story to follow in that way. Absolutely. Do you know how many World Series – I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't know it off the top of your head. But how many World Series as a manager has he been a part of? Three. So this is his third? This this is his his third, yeah. This is his third. One NL pennant, two AL pennants. And there's some stat about him – getting to game sevens and yeah. losing game sevens. I mean, yeah. it, it, I do think it's a mixture of a little bit of just misfortune and bad luck, but probably a few decisions made along the way. But it is really one of the anomalies in baseball that don't really make any sense. He's a legend, and that stat is crazy, that he has almost 500 more wins than the next closest manager. Yep. Is that active? Yes. To, active, yep. The active managers to not have a World yep. Series ring, and he doesn't have it yet. 
And that's on top of in 2019, yeah. they were the heavily favored team to win it. And that was yeah. the most odd. Like, if you look at this stretch, it's one of the most odd stretches ever because that World Series was the first championship in American sports history where the home team never won a yeah, game. Yeah, that was crazy. They get to, True, I forgot about that. They, yeah. they win game five in D.C., and then you have Justin and Garrett Cole pitching game six and seven here needing to win one. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's like Dusty Baker's going to get his ring. And it didn't happen. So how much do the players want to get the ring for Dusty? Did you talk to, yes, to any of the guys about that? Was that was on the forefront of my mind okay. all today because I think it kind of gets lost in everything else. Of course, this is an amazing Astros team yeah. and on field, on talent. I liked what you were talking about with how much do managers even have to do with it. Yeah. And I think a lot because that's this team specifically, the 2022 squad, talks about Dusty's confidence in them, his attitude, especially with someone like Jeremy Pena. Right from the day one of spring training, he was like, you can do this and guys remember that so Alex Bergman today said that they definitely want to win this for for Dusty they couldn't get it done last year and uh, five minutes after they were eliminated last year everyone was sort of down in the dumps no one was really up for of course the Braves were celebrating Mm -hmm. and exactly five minutes later Dusty was like we'll be back and immediately that fire was back in the clubhouse so I think that just sort of tells how much a manager can dictate what a team does throughout the season especially. You mentioned Jeremy Pena. He recently called Dusty Baker a cool cat. <laughs> he's in his 70s. Yes. What, what is it that, I mean. His swag. He's, he's got swag. He's got swag. Yeah, yeah. And that's what all of them will yeah. say about him. I mean, what is it about Dusty outside of managerial decisions and what he does in the dugout that makes him so beloved in a locker room? Yeah, I think it's he's very approachable and he's kind of always joking no matter what the topic may be. Uh, it's the toothpick in his mouth, of course. It's the wristbands on his arms, the black gloves, the style that he has even beyond the field. I think guys just kind of think that he's one of them yeah. and he, he really sports that attitude of just being approachable and one of the guys. And It's truly hard to believe that he is 73 years old sometimes and it's if we're not for the sometimes the way he carries himself today during his press conference he needed a moment to check his glasses in the light I thought that was like such a cute elderly moment that he doesn't usually share with us so were it not for those moments I think you could forget that he has been in this game as long as he has as both a player and a manager and speaking of being in the game so long he actually has the inside book on the Phillies number one guy Bryce Harper from their time together Did he talk about the advantages he has there? He wouldn't talk about the advantages. It's funny because no matter how much you try to press Dusty, he knows exactly (laughs) when to stop. And uh, he won't take it to to the field competition-wise. But they do still have a really close relationship. And it started with Dusty managing uh, Bryce Harper in 2016 and 17 Mm -hmm. with the Nationals. And uh, just the other, earlier this month, when uh, the Phillies were in town to play the Astros, uh, Dusty heard a knock on his door. He was like, come in. And it was Bryce. And he's like, oh, I thought it would be one of my guys. Yeah. Really, he just wanted to say, listen, I don't know how far we'll go with the Phillies, but I'm rooting for you if you're the one in the World Series. And Dusty was like, yeah, vice versa. I'll, I'll root for you. if you're." And they, it, I think that really so shows cool. his impact yeah. with players that he hasn't managed for years now. And it really leaves a lasting impact uh, with everyone he's, he's kind of around. That right there, like I just got chills as you were <laughs> like, that was this year? Yeah. Th- like, that's in so Earlier cool. October. It's like, if it's not going to be me, yeah. I hope it's you. That's so cool. That's awesome. That's a really, I got like chills hearing that. Yeah, That's same. really cool. So 
Uh, Deisha, thank you for joining us. You were, were you in the locker room when the Astros won in New York? No, I, oh, I wasn't I in the... Yeah, yeah. I thought you went in there. I went in at the end, but after the, the Yankees sort of clubhouse was a little too depressing, so I wanted to, <laughs> Ooh. to cover the Ooh. end, and I got yeah, some yeah, of the, yeah. the champagne right at the end there, but it was a fun time for sure. And where can everyone check out your article? Uh, on FoxSports.com. Love it. And the Fox Sports app, so... Make sure you go read that. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. That you. was some so great much, insight. Guys. Yeah, that was great. Thank you for sharing that, Disha. That was, uh, like I said, I, look, I'm not oblivious to the fact that the Astros aren't the most well-liked team in the game of baseball. Uh-huh. But one of the most well-liked managers in the history of the game does lead the way for them. And I think that is a talking point that, look, if the Astros do win this series, people will be happy for Dusty Baker. Or Dusty Baker. Yeah. I, th- I think the league will be happy for Dusty Baker. I don't think you could have a... Don't get mad at me for saying this. A team that is more hated and then a manager that is more loved than the Astros and Dusty Baker together here. It was probably it's probably the best thing that that could happen for them at yeah, this point. I would agree with that. Getting getting some fans to to kind of root for them again. I I agree with that. That aren't Astro and, fans. I mean, they have been here now for so many years in a row, which leads well into Let yeah, let's get into our next topic, which is are the Astros cementing a dynasty at this point? Do they have to win to be considered a dynasty? They've been so good for so long with one World Series. I think that is a great question. And they are now, they got to six consecutive ALCSs, right? Six in a row. That had never happened in the American League side. It had only happened on the National League side with the Atlanta Braves. Now you look at three World Series in four years and four World Series in six years. And everybody's going to look at rings, right? That's what we talk about. Yeah. Winning the American League is a championship. It's the American League championship. Mm-hmm. Now, there, well, it is. It is class- it's not the championship. It's not the championship, which okay. is why I am saying that the Astros currently don't have a dynasty. Yes. I will say that if they win this one, If they win two in a six-year span and go to six straight ALCSs and have done it over and over and over and have had talent come in and leave and superstars, Garrett Cole, Carlos Correa, come in and leave. If they win this one, the Houston Astros will forever be considered a dynasty. Okay. If they don't win the World Series, would you still consider them a dynasty? I, I would say no. Okay, good. But a question that I would a question I would like to present you okay. is when I look back on when I hear the word dynasty yeah. in baseball, yeah. I think Atlanta Braves yeah. of the nineties, when okay. they won fourteen consecutive divisions and had all of these crazy records and it won and won and won. They won one World Series in that time. The Atlanta Braves won one championship. World Series championship, I yeah. might add. There you go. And I would, I would say the Braves had a dynasty at that time. Um, so I, I, me personally, yeah. I think the ultimate championship matters. You can get there and you will be remembered as a great team. But to me, the word dynasty means something. And it okay. means, like, we throw that word around a lot in sports. Dynasty means something. And to me, it means championships. And in baseball, yep. if you're going to start talking baseball dynasty 
That doesn't happen very often. The New York Yankees of the late 90s mm-hmm. dynasty. Yes. The Atlanta Braves, of when they won 14 consecutive divisions and a championship in there, to me, that is on the, that's, that's the line, I think. That's close. The Astros, to be considered a dynasty, need to win this one. And if they do, they will forever be a dynasty. I think they have to win two more. I disagree. To be considered a dynasty. Well, you just don't like the Astros. Eh, that, no, I just to be a dynasty, two championships. Correct. Three championships feels like a dynasty for me well, with the same just, group of guys in a shorter span of time. The CPI on this feels a little out of uh-huh. control. This no. is look, it's baseball. Yeah. Winning back-to-back championships just doesn't really. And happen. That's why it's hard to be a dynasty. Well, I think it's different in different sports. Like in the NFL, the Patriots with Tom Brady in those years. That was a dynasty. dynasty. In baseball, it's A lot different. of rings. You're not winning back-to-back-to-back championships six rings. in baseball. I'm aware it's a different sport. In baseball, if you're winning two in six years and going to the World Series four out of those six years, you're a dynasty. Whether you're going to be a hater or not, it's a dynasty. It's not being a hater. It's not having the hardware to back up the word dynasty. It takes a lot to be considered a dynasty and the final piece yes you can be a great team yes you can get there but you have to win and have the hardware from the world series you go to my two brother's more. house i'll show you some hardware. two more it's i'm time plenty of rings championship rings a world series ring and this would be number two okay yeah all right <laughs> we're gonna move on all right let's okay move on. <laughs> let's move to our eighth topic Home field advantage. Yeah. Okay. Because this is big. Um, we were talking about it the other day, especially in baseball in a series. The visiting crowd doesn't travel as hard as a home team yeah. crowd. It's about 90-ish percent home fans at the stadium, which any other sport, you don't see that very often. So who do you think has the home field advantage in this World Series? I think you made up a, a good point the other day when you said – you asked me about the percentage in, in the World Series of yeah. fans, and I told you, and then you said, well, it does make sense. Like, they're going to come to your home. So yeah. if you go, you'd rather go to your home team stadium, exactly. which is a great point. Um, this is a tricky one okay. because we're about to witness two incredible atmospheres. We just witnessed the Philly atmosphere in the NLCS, and it's got to be better. Right? It's going to be better. That was the CS. This is the World Series. I've experienced the World Series here. Now, I'm going to say the better home field advantage goes to the Phillies. And the reason isn't because of anything that the Astros fans aren't doing. It's what the Phillies fans haven't gotten to do in so long. They are starving Mm -hmm. for this World Series. You could feel it when we were there. It just feels different. And it just is human nature. You become a little spoiled to the fact that, like, oh, man, we're back for the fourth time in six years. They're used to it now. I'm going to go back to the World Series. That'd be cool again. In Philly, it's. I mean, standing room only tickets are going for $1,300. People are, like, going insane to get these. And people have been waiting for this for a long, long time. And they're back. So I think the advantage, I think the home field advantage in Philly is going to be nuts. We agree on this. Look at us. 100% rare. Um, But Philly fans are just a different breed of fans as we experience Pre-game, during the game, after the game, fans 6-60 to are in on every pitch, every at-bat. They are yelling at the players. They know the stats. No phones are out. They are just there enjoying the moment, staying after the game as long as they can. It is aggressive passion, and I think the Phillies have 
huge home field advantage. I think dancing on my own is also a great. Oh. I, we, Legendary. Leaving Philly, we're <laughs> singing that song for a couple of days. And yeah. it just it sticks with you. They got a good vibe going on. There's it's, something special going on in Philly. The fans feel it. Like you mentioned, the game ends. Fans don't go anywhere. Nope. Even, uh, of course, the clenching game, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But even the other games, they stick around. They cheer they on their team. They sing Dancing on My Own with yeah. the team. It's special. And I am so excited for both of these locations because Houston in the playoffs is one of the loudest places I have ever experienced. It will be again, and so will Philly. I mean, it probably helps that the roof is closed. That gives them a little extra volume level. I know. Aaron Boone's just at home. Just a little. Aaron Boone's at home <laughs> punching his couch right now that the roof is closed. He just can't believe it. Just can't take it. Still angry yeah, about still it. Still angry. Still angry. All right. Well, let's move to our last and final topic. We're a game away from the World Series starting. We got to give our predictions. I want to know who you think is winning, how many games, and who is your MVP? Just know okay. that I want to know yours as well. Oh, it's so, coming. Okay, yeah, great. It's coming. All right. My prediction for the World Series yep. is that the series does get back here. Okay. I think we're coming back here. All right. And I think the Astros win in six. Okay. I do believe the big advantage comes in those games in Philly mm -hmm. where they don't have their, their great starting pitchers ready to go. They're using them here. So as I mentioned the Phillies need to win one here, yeah. but then the series really shifts when you get to Philly, and they do have a big home field advantage, but they won't have their pitchers, uh, their, their best guys going. So I think the Astros can get it done. I think they do it in six, but I can't stress enough. I said it earlier. This series is Goliath versus Goliath. These yeah. are two absolute studs going at it. These are two franchises and two organizations that have – MVPs, they have silver sluggers, they have studs in a rotation. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. So I think Astros get it done, first question you ask. Yep. I think it's in six games, Kay. second question you ask. Uh -huh. MVP, Yeah. I'm going Alex Bregman. I am so surprised you did not say your brother. There was, yeah. He's got some high odds. He's got like, very high Good odds. odds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm, going, okay. I'm going Alex Bregman. All right, I why? Think, uh, well, one, he's heating up at the plate, and I – just, I don't know how to explain this, and it might not even come out and make sense, so wish me luck here. Good luck. I can't get out of my head since 2019. I was sitting right there behind home plate when Alex Bregman came up, and the series was tough because the Astros had lost the first two games here, mm -hmm. and then it goes to D.C., and Bregman comes up in a pivotal, pivotal time in the series yeah. with the bases loaded, and he hit a grand slam, and it just, like... What he has continually done for this team in the playoffs against the best of the best. He's done it against some great pitchers throughout the years. I remember it coming like he when Chris Sale was on top of his game in Boston, he took Chris Sale deep over the monster, and he's continually done it against aces. I think Bregman gets a homer here in one of the first two games off of Wheeler or Nola. And I think, look, he's been hitting well in the first two series. He hit 333 in both series, a double in each of them. He's driving the ball, has really good at bats. I think Alex Bregman to win MVP on the biggest stage is, uh, is the way to go. I mean, his 15 World Series RBI are the most by any active player. So you know he can get it done. I I'll like give that. give you that. Yeah. All right. Um, I am I'm excited for this because I have no idea what your prediction is. So you Alex, no, I nobody no. would tell me. I tried to Good. get it so I could have a rebuttal ready. Okay. But I don't know. I am taking the Phillies in seven games. They have that playoff magic 
They are going to come back here, and they're going to get it done. Bottom line, that's what it is. And my MVP, Bryce Harper, the MVP in all of our hearts right now, well, in me. the world's heart. <laughs> what do you mean? You said he's the most underrated player. You know you like yeah, it. But he's not the MVP in my heart. Okay, that's true. I'll give that to your you brother. Know, like my okay. heart is a sacred place. Yeah, I Don't got it. put okay. an MVP in there for me. Fine. Deal. But, yeah, I'm taking Phillies in seven. Okay. Bryce Harper MVP. I have a follow-up. Okay. Why? What's the th what's your thought process on how this series plays out? Once the postseason started, we saw the Phillies turn into a completely different team. Mm -hmm. They have that that special postseason magic that one team always seems to pick up at one point. I, I thought it was going to be a couple different teams throughout this entire playoffs, but it was the Phillies through and through. I think. They're clicking on all cylinders, and if the pitching can show up, if they can go deep into games, their bats have been red hot, led by Bryce Harper and Hoskins. I think they have what it takes. I think they have the grit. I think they have I, – I just think they have it this year, and they're going to get it done. I will say, if the Phillies do win this series, yes, I think it's in seven games. Yes. The reason being, you look at this series and the way it shapes out. You got their two studs going in the first two games, right? Yep. And I mentioned how important it's going to be for them to win one of those first two games. If they win one of those, then you go back home tied, yeah. right? That's where I mentioned, and we both agreed, that the the home field advantage there is going Huge. to be insane. So maybe yeah. they don't have their best guys going on the mound, but there's a realistic world in which that home field advantage gets them two out of three games there, mm -hmm. right? So then there's a world in which they come back here for six and seven, and, you know, the Astros will have one of their guys going in game six, either Justin or Framber. Yeah. Then game seven's always a toss-up. So I, 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 don't, I don't think that your prediction is terrible. By any means. I don't think your prediction is terrible by any means. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. You're welcome. Look at us. <laughs> um, so that's our World Series prediction. Astros in six for me. Phillies in seven for you. I have Bregman as my MVP. You have Bryce Harper as your MVP and in your heart. Yep. Um, so there's a lot going on there in yep. your heart. Don't tell Mike Trout that. Ah, uh, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah. Um, this has been a lot of fun. It's I. We're just doing a show from down here on the field. We're the only ones down here. We're the we're the last. Oh, <laughs> we're the last we have people here. Been the only ones <laughs> down here. There hasn't been anybody out here for hours, but we are here uh, to bring it all to you because our goal, as we mention all the time, is to make you all feel like you are here with us. So when we're here down on the field live, you'll be here with us, hearing the music being tested in the background, whatever it might be. We are bringing everything we experience straight to you this has been our world series preview episode and it all starts tomorrow yeah. i can't believe it i am so pumped we will be live pre-game there will be a full flipping bats pre-game show there will be a post-game show immediately following the game uh, we'll be right here back down on the field throughout every single game here and in philadelphia it's going to be a blast Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Flippin' Bad Pod, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. And follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well. But for another episode of Flippin' Bats presented by Perry Ellis Fragrances, thank you all for listening. We will see you tomorrow. It is World Series time. Yeah. Let's go. Peace. See ya.